What is going on, beautiful people? And welcome back to the greatest combat sports and culture show in the entire universe, The Fight Podcast. I am your host, The Underground King, Serge Vicente, and this is episode 212, man. Keeping it rocking, man. Keeping the party coming. And uh, we have so much to talk about today, man. So uh, without further ado, let's go ahead and jump right into it. On today's menu, we're going to go ahead and discuss everything that happened at UFC 249. What happened with Conor McGregor? We're also going to go ahead and talk about what is going on on Fight Island, what we're seeing. So we have UFC 249 we're breaking down today. We're going to talk about Conor McGregor and his Twitter tirade. We're also going to break down this week, not this weekend, not this weekend. We are breaking down this week's Tomorrow, Wednesday, there's actually a fight card, UFC Fight Night. It will also be in Jacksonville. The card is absolutely stacked. Everyone is weighed in. Everybody has made weight. We'll be breaking that down as well. So uh, without further ado, let's go ahead and jump on into the episode. Um, Yo, hope you guys are doing amazing. Uh, It is a beautiful week here. I am in LA, obviously, as you guys know at this point in time. Chicago's very own still. Don't get it twisted. Uh, But uh, we're out here, man, and yo, this weekend, I was excited. I absolutely had a different pep in my step, and uh, thoroughly, it was because of the fights from this weekend, man. I knew it, man. Something happened. Something a little different rolled around, man, and it was definitely like, it had to be like Tuesday. Tuesday finally hit me. I was putting all the shows and all the podcast episodes together, and it really hit me. I was like, yo, shit, yo, these fights are really happening. This is actually about to go down. So when I was really thinking about it, man, and it was just, I mean, look, you already know how I feel about everything was going on with Corona. And we had Jacare Souza end up having to pull out because not only did he end up having Corona, two of his cornermen also ended up having Corona. So that was nuts. But we're not even going to, I'm going to leave it alone. I'm going to leave the court alone, man, because there's far too much amazing fighting that actually happened this weekend, man. So, um... Like I said, man, midweek, I I got really excited. Um, I I was really fortunate that uh, some buddies of mine uh, ended up having the the fight card out here. So uh, I was able to actually see it, the events live. Shout out to the fire stick. And uh, don't get it twisted. Your boy was out here social distancing and shit. I wasn't sitting too close to anybody. Uh, But we had a good time. Um, So I was able to go ahead and check the fights out, man. And uh, I have to say. On paper, and I discussed this in our last episode, but on paper, everyone really thought that. I was like, what is, how is this card? Well, we really think about it. Is this card one of the greatest cards on time? On paper, 1000%. We had to agree, all of us looked at and said, shit, man. When it boils down to it, it is one of the most stacked cards we've ever seen. But I also said this on, you know, the episode as well. Think about a UFC 200. UFC 200 was supposed to be stacked on paper. On paper, it was the greatest card we've ever seen. But to this point in time, the only card that appeared to be stacked in that manner and then ended up pretty much cracking was UFC 100. So this, all of us on paper, it was supposed to be good, but at the end of the day, we didn't know. And I'm gonna be honest with you. Is it better than UFC 100? No, it was not. But did the card perform? One thousand percent yes. Dude, this card was incredible, man. It had everything that you wanted. Um, It was stacked from top to bottom. And when you really think about it, were there some duds? Of course. 
course. But it also had everything you wanted. It had drama, it had controversy, it had changing of the guard moments. Every reason why we love MMA, every reason why we love combat sports is the exact reason why this card 1000% delivered, man. So, you know, without further ado, let's go ahead and jump on into the card. Um, this weekend's card, UFC 249, obviously was headlined by the man, the myth, the legend, um, Tony Ferguson. He was going out there against Justin Gaethje. Now, this is one of those cards, man, that we really looked at it. Um, a lot of people were freaking out. A lot of people were saying, ah, you know, we're, this is just a placeholder till Tony and Khabib could actually fight. Um, obviously, you had Connor out there chirping in the background. Uh, and here's the thing. We're going to start from the beginning. Dog. Actually, you know what? Let, let, let's, let's slow it down. I, I'm not going to go ahead and give you guys the entree right away. Let's go ahead and start from the very beginning, man. Um, let's see how the entire fight card itself broke down and you have to admit man from top to bottom this card really really went out there and did what it was supposed to do so um a couple things that i was thinking about obviously the ryan span card with um with sam alvey did it end up the way that we really thought it was going to or the way that we wanted it to end up i mean it had its moments. Um, obviously, we would have loved a little bit more of an exciting card, but still, all in all, it was still a good good fight. Uh, Ryan Span ended up getting that one. Um, Stand-up of the weekend, man. One of the guys, aside from the, the main event guys, that really, really went out there and stood out was Bryce Mitchell. Thug Nasty. Thug Nasty. Look, man, I told you guys this before. Excuse me, man. I gotta be all in my nose, man. I'm sick speaking live. I can't have it. I can't look like Chael Sonnen with, you know, boogers and shit dripping on my, from my face. I'm gonna blow my nose for you guys. No, don't get it twisted. Uh, but um, Bryce Mitchell, man, Thug Nasty, um, up and coming prospect at 145. Yo, he went out there this weekend and put everybody in that weight class on notice. And he said, yo, <laughs> I'm somebody you guys got to fuck with in the future. Bryce Mitchell went out there and fought Charles DeRosa and put on an app absolute grappling performance went out there and just balled out man um think about it in the history of the ufc we've only had two not one but two twisters in ufc history bryce mitchell has one of them and he went out there against a brazilian jiu-jitsu black belt one of the best grapplers in our sport and almost put him in the position like four or five times in the second round he was threatening with that twister the entire time what a beast man afterwards he told dana white and those guys y'all want my fucking camo shorts and dana white actually obliged him so i hope he gets his reebok camo shorts his next time out incredible performance by bryce mitchell i'm telling you this kid is the real deal man he's somebody that is a threat no matter where he goes but it's almost like one of the Diaz brothers one he's not afraid to lose and two if he goes down there if he gets you on the ground yo it, it might be a wrap he's that good on the ground he's that dominant it's rare when you see a jiu-jitsu guy who is that dominant on the ground but when you do think about the guys think about the guys like the Damian Mize of the world, like the, the Gracies of the world, man. When you have guys that are that dominant in their skill set, no matter where you go, no matter who they fight, they're a problem. So this kid is a problem, man. He's going to continue being a problem. I love what I'm seeing from Bryce Mitchell. Salute to him. Um, next up would have been the Jacare Suizu Uriah Faber, Uriah, Uriah Faber, Uriah Hall fight. 
I really wanted to see this fight, man. I think um, it is a fight where two exciting guys, um, two guys who aren't afraid to mix it up, man, stylistically for the division. Everything was like really great, but unfortunately it fell through because one of the guys had coronavirus. Um, so, and the next up was Vicente Luque versus Nico Price. Holy shit. These two, man, dude, this lives up to the billing. This is what we expected when you have two savages like this go out there and actually do what they're supposed to do. They went out there and absolutely punched each other directly in the face. <laughs> they went out there and just slang and banged um, for three rounds. Uh, Vicente Luque at the very end of the third round ended up getting the stoppage finish. Some people were saying it was a terrible stoppage. For those of you guys saying that, kick rock sideways, nerd, because absolutely, absolutely, that was a beautiful stoppage, man. Nico Price obviously was hurt. When you get to staggering and doing the Bobby Schmurda going backwards when you're doing all that shit man it, it's a wrap it's over um great stoppage man and here's the thing Vicente Luque is one of those guys I said it before and I'm gonna say it again um he's gonna be be in every fight he's as tough as it gets you can hit him with a sledgehammer he's gonna keep coming forward he's extremely technical and tough those guys are hard to get out of there man so uh great fight with Vicente Luque man uh moving on we have the Carlos Spars Michelle Waterson fight what do you want me to say I thought Michelle Waterson won uh, most people thought Michelle Waterson won the judges gave to Carlos Sparza. Salute to her. Um, when you have a wrestler who is as dominant as Carlos Esparza, that's what happens at times. It ends up being a little bit of a boring fight. So since it was a little bit of a boring fight, I mean, that's the result that we ended up getting, man. It sucks. It is what it is. I had Michelle Watterson winning, but we'll see what ends up happening. All right, this one. Verdum versus Olenek. Uh, hit me in the comments, man. I'd love to see what you guys think about this matchup because I'll be very, very, very honest with you. Um, first of all, Verdun looks shitty. Like, in the last two years, yo, I thought he was going to come back, like, bodied up, looking like he was ready for some action. And my man looked like he was just out here eating acai bowls all day, fam. He was, like, chunky <laughs> and falling all over himself, man. But, um, uh, but regardless, he's still one of the greatest we've ever seen at heavyweight. I mean, he's one of those guys that when you think about... And when you look at him, and I'll talk about this with uh, Henry Cejudo a little bit, but he's one of those guys that you don't think of when you're thinking of the greatest heavyweights of all time. But when you look at the guys on his resume, he's that guy. He's right there, man. He's beaten the best of the best. He's beaten Fedor. He's beaten Cain Velasquez. He's held the belt in the UFC. He's he, So this guy is someone who has always been very dangerous. Um... I actually had him winning also. They gave it to Olenek um, because Verdun was, I mean, on his chest, mounted him, man. But Olenek looked, looked good, man. And he was out there hitting him with some huge shots, man. Big, big damage was done that fight. Um, but um, all in all, I mean, it is what it is. Um, great win by Olenek, though. So we'll give him that one. All right. Then we had the Anthony Pettis uh, Cowboy Cerrone fight. These type of fights, um, as fans, this is, this is what we love. Um, two veterans going out there uh, willing to entertain the crowd. The, the matchup itself, I absolutely thought favored Anthony Pettis. 
but I also didn't take into account how not having judges, or not to say not having judges, not having a crowd, how that would have pretty much helped um, Cowboy Cerrone. Cowboy Cerrone, with the crowds and the lights and everything, sometimes he doesn't show up. So the fact that he didn't have that type of pressure on himself, um, this was a short notice fight, these are the type of fights that he really thrives off of. Um, I did have Anthony Pettis winning the fight. Great fight though, could have gone either way, nobody got robbed on this one. And the same thing can be said for the um, the Carlos Sparza, uh, Michelle Waterson fight. Yo, look, at the end of the day, was somebody robbed? No, nobody was robbed in that one, man. Uh, but I definitely had the, uh, the other person winning. So all in all, man, Anthony Pettis, I thought one, good one. All right. Um, Greg Hardy versus DeCastro. Look, DeCastro looked like a world beater in the first round. Greg Hardy looked like he wanted no smoke. Uh, he ended up break. DeCastro broke his foot in the second round. And then he didn't think like... He didn't want to throw hands anymore. It ended up being a really boring fight from there on out, so whatever. Um, uh, Greg Hardy gets to win there. This fight, oh man, bro. Crazy. If you go ahead and look at it, man, we had Jeremy Stevens, who missed weight by four and a half pounds, ended up fighting Kelvin Cater. Kelvin Cater, man, I said this before and I'll say it again, man. Yo, dark horse at 145. Super beast. Some of the best hands you'll see. Some of the best straight up boxing you'll end up seeing in the weight class. And... He ended up putting Jeremy Stevens out nasty in the second round. Out of nowhere, man. It was so fast. Honestly, I didn't even realize what it was. I thought it was a straight one-two, but he ended up catching him with a one kind of a check hook and then came over the top of the nasty ass elbow. Ooh! And the fact that there was no fans in the crowd and you heard everything, holy shit, yo. Um, it was one of those things that you look at and you have to say, man, you can hear it. It was violent. Uh, great stoppage also, man. And great win by Calvin Cater. And yo, let me take a pause to say this. Um, in terms of not having an audience out there, in terms of us looking at it and there not being any crowd uh, to speak of, I liked it. I really did. I liked it, man. I like not having a crowd. I liked it for so many different reasons. One, every punch, every strike, you felt it. Everything. When, when uh, Calvin Cater landed that elbow, bro, you, you felt the, the shaking down your bones, yo. It was nasty. And the dope thing about it also was being able to actually hear the corner. Being able to hear the corner. The fighters afterwards saying they were able to hear Daniel Cormier and, and they were adjusting to it. Fam, I loved it. I loved every aspect of it. It felt like a fight that, it felt like a Tuesday Night Contender Series, which I'm a huge fan of. It felt like some of the amateur fights that I used to fight at back in the day. It was one of those that had that feeling of it with really high-level guys, and I loved every second of it, man. Um, and more importantly, do if you really look at it, man, one of the cool things about it is this. With the audience not being there, in the post-fight interviews, the fighters weren't being swayed in one way or another. You got super clear intellectual answers from these athletes. It's something you don't happen because a lot of times there's so much going on. And don't get it twisted, the energy in the building is incredible. I love every second of it. But with them not being there, if no one was booing, no one was cheering, you couldn't hear. They're not sitting here trying to get somebody else. Like, are you not entertained? They're not doing all that crazy shit. What they were doing is they were actually listening to Joe Rogan. They were sitting back or thinking about the fight, actually how it happened, and then they responded. I loved it. I think it was a great thing. Um, I'm really curious to see how these go. Now, granted, did it have to be in a big fucking stadium? No. 
Y'all should have done that shit in some fucking banquet hall somewhere. Save some some, some, some ducats. I don't get it. Endeavor owes one point whatever fucking billion dollars right now, and you guys gotta fill that nut? Why are you gonna go ahead and get a whole stadium? Get a fucking small venue, do it like that, and save yourselves hella ducats. That was weird, but whatever. It is what it is. All right, uh, moving right along. Great win by Calvin Cater. Uh, keep your eyes out for that dude, man. I'm telling you, absolute savage. Um, all right. Um, all right, Francis Ngannou, Yardinho, Rosenstrike. I pick Rosenstrike to win this fight because I, I, I was like, yo, this is a gunfight. Someone who is that great of a striker is going to be really difficult to get out of there and he's seen everything in there but here's the thing and i'm not i'm not saying this is shit on francis at all but francis Ngannou doesn't do things the way you're supposed to um he doesn't have good balance he doesn't um he doesn't throw punches in the manner you're supposed to very similar to somebody like a deontay back all right let's get back into it man all right. Uh, main event and co-main event time. So, Dominic Cruz, Henry Cejudo. This is for the 135-pound uh, championship. And um, in this fight, second round, uh, Dominic Cruz gets stopped by Henry Cejudo. Henry Cejudo ends up retaining his belt um, in the second round via um, stoppage via strikes, right? Cool. Here's the question. Was the stoppage a good stoppage? No. I think it was a bad stoppage. Um, it's hard to stop a fight, even though there was 13 unanswered strikes. Excuse me, by Henry Cejudo. The fact that he was standing back up. He was definitely standing back up. Um, and you saw him getting back to his feet. The fact that he was getting back to his feet... And Dominic Cruz made a great point. He says, after the fight, he said, if I was getting chopped down, if I was falling down when this was happening, that's that's one thing. But I was standing back up when it was happening. The fact that I was standing up, that means I was cognizant of what was going on. And uh, and you shouldn't you shouldn't have stopped the fucking fight. I agree with him with that one. With the fight like that, with a fight like Dominic Cruz, I thoroughly believe that it's one of those things that you have to allow shit to continue rocking. You have to make sure the guy of that caliber is really done. Now, Dom afterwards was like, oh man, the dude smelled like cigarettes and, and blunts or whatever the fucking alcohol. It is what it is, if that's how it was. But at the end of the day, I understand it has to be difficult while you're in there. Hindsight being 2020, of course, of course, we're gonna say it was a terrible stoppage. But at the end of the day, I mean, look, man, 13 unanswered strikes. Um, was it a bad stoppage? Yes. Am I mad at it? No. Now, here is the interesting fact. After the fight, Sanders Hudo stands up. He's the king of the world, man. He, he's beaten Dominic Cruz. He's beaten TJ Dillashaw. He's beaten, you know, Demetrius Johnson. I don't think he beat Demetrius Johnson. Nobody really does. But it is what it is. He beat him on paper. We see this. He gets up on the mic. He says, this has been great. Two fingers, I'm out. I'm done. And he retires right there on the fucking spot. He goes out there and retires. I could not believe it. I couldn't. Until you really think about it and you sit back and you remember that Henry Cejudo at 21 years old, king of the world, gold medal in the Olympics, says, I'm done wrestling, retires. Two fingers, I'm out. 
does some other shit, does public speaking, gets paid, then decides, hey, let me try this MMA thing out. He's been in the sport for six years, jumps back into it, and then goes out there and, and, and dominates, and he wins. He gets two belts, so he has gold medal in the Olympics. He ends up having the, the flyweight title that he beat Demetrius Johnson, the greatest of all time, and he goes up and moves up in weight. He beats, you know, one of the best guys in the division in Marlon Marias to win the belt, to win the vacant belt. And then he beats one of the longest reigning, arguably the greatest 135 pounder in the history of the sport, Dominic Cruz. 31 years old, man, two fingers, he's out, retires on top of the world, one of the greatest fighters of all time. Um, do I think he should have retired? Who, who the fuck am I to sit there and say somebody should or shouldn't retire? Congratulations to that man, I'm happy for that man, that he went out there and was able to do what he's always wanted to do with his entire life, man. Um, he went out there, he dominated, he's made his mark on the sport, and... Uh, as cringy as he has been, and I have been really critical of the cringe. My man is out there uber cringy. But regardless of the fact of how cringy he is, man, he is one of the greatest we've seen. Um, he was really good for the sport. He brought attention to the smaller weight classes. Um, he says that he'll come back for a certain number. I'm gonna be honest with you. You you fly at you you fight at flyweight 125. You fly at you fight at 135 pounds. When you fight at weight classes that are that low, man, nobody wants to watch that shit. Unfortunately, you're not gonna make millions of dollars in the UFC at this point in time. So um, I think he's for real. I think he's going to be retired. I think he's going to have a family. And um, good for him, man. Um, as for Dominic Cruz, you feel bad for the dude. You do. I, I feel really bad for him. And it was one of those things that the more when I, when I was watching the fight, I really believed that Dom was going to go out there and be able to have his way with Henry Cejudo. Um, it didn't come to fruition. It seemed like if he was starting to kind of get going a little bit, but dude, three and a half years off, not in, in active competition, taking a fight off short notice. How can we be mad at this? It, this, it is what it is. Will he be back? Maybe. And now that Henry Cejudo is gone, we have to think about the matchups and the opportunities that are still left in that weight class. Think about it. In June, it was just announced last night, Peter Yan and Aljamain Sterling will be fighting in June. Those are two of the best guys in the weight class. I'm sorry, not Peter Yan, Corey Sanhagen. So Aljamain and Corey Sanhagen will end up being fighting. That's incredible. Have Peter Yan and Dominic Cruz fight. Have those two guys fight, and at the end of the year, the winner of those two fights end up fighting for the title. That's what should happen. I would love to see that happen. Let me know what you guys think, um, but I think that the winner of the uh, Aljamain Sterling, um, uh, Corey Sanhagen fight should fight the winner of Peter Yan against um, Dominic Cruz. The winner of those, that, that little tournament, should end up being the champion at 135 pounds. All right. Let's talk about what we all came here to talk about, and that has to be the main event, Tony Ferguson against Justin Gaethje. Um, incredible fight, man. Ended up getting the fight of the night, um, Justin Gaethje with the performance tonight. Justin Gaethje goes out there, ends up being the spoiler, and ends up defeating, ending an eight-year run, ending a 12-fight winning streak against... Tony Ferguson. And real quick, man, I wanted to let you guys know, just think about how crazy an eight-year winning streak in MMA is. In his career, since he got, since 2012, since his last loss, and this is Tony Ferguson, he did not lose a fight in Henry Cejudo's entire MMA career. Think about that. 
Think about how crazy that is. In Henry Cejudo's entire MMA career, Tony Ferguson did not lose one single fight. We're talking about one of the greatest fighters of all time who just retired at the top of his game. This guy, Tony Ferguson, didn't lose a fight in his entire career, and he was active the whole time. I just want you guys to understand how awesome what Tony Ferguson has done. So, I'm because I'm about to big up Justin Gaethje and talk about everything that's going on with Justin Gaethje, but you have to take into account how incredible of a run. This is one of the greatest runs we've ever seen in the sport. One of the greatest we've ever seen. Now, with that being said, also remember Khabib Nurmagomedov, 28-0, has never lost in his entire MMA career. So that's a decade. So think about that also. But all in all, man, incredible um, thing by uh, by Tony Ferguson, man. But Justin Gaethje is the best we've ever seen. Uh, Justin Gaethje, um, and now his record ends up being 22-2, and two, um, ended up landing over 72% of his strikes against Tony Ferguson, man. Ends up getting the fifth round TKO and um, just absolutely dominated, man. This was a one-sided ass woman. This shit wasn't even close. He went out here and just thoroughly drubbed this dude. It wasn't it wasn't the matchup that we thought it was going to be. I thought it was going to be a war. He said he had 13 minutes of hell. Guess what, guys? He doesn't have 13 minutes of hell. This motherfucker has 25 minutes of fucking fury. And he went out here and just dominated. Absolutely dominated, man. I've never seen anything happen like this, especially to Tony Ferguson. I didn't think it was possible. First of all, Tony Ferguson, I don't know what this motherfucker's face is made out of. Absolute... <laughs> cement cinder blocks because I've never seen anybody take that type of damage and continue moving forward granted he ended up having a broken orbital bone afterwards and we all know he had a concussion you seen how my man was shaking his head and fucking vibing he was also doing the damn you dance it was rough man one of the worst uh, beat ups that I've ever seen and I'm gonna be honest with you guys uh, at the end of the day I don't think Tony Ferguson is ever gonna be the same after this I think we've seen the last of the amazing Tony Ferguson that we've ever seen because um, he absolutely got demolished in this one, man. I feel bad for him, um, but it is what it is. Um, but Justin Gaethje, man, we have to get give it up for him. He's never looked better. He used to be a guy that we just considered to be a brawler, somebody who we didn't give a fuck. He was somebody out there that we look at and we said he's entertaining. We've all he's 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 caught the highlight for a reason. We already believed that he was the guy that we thought was the, the, that dude. We thought he was that guy who was just the, the most violent man in MMA. I've called him that time and time again. But now he's proven to us that he, he, he also has the ability to slow it down. He has the ability to end up being the guy who can put it all together. He was patient. When he had Tony Ferguson hurt, he had Tony Ferguson hurt so many times in this fight. Instead of hunting him down, he knew. He was like, you know what? I'm just going to walk him down. I'm going to wait. I know it's coming. When it comes, I'm going to go ahead and unleash on him. He absolutely did that. I, I can't say anything else. I mean, it was beautiful. It was an absolute awesome performance. And I'll be honest with you. It's going to be difficult. Call me prisoner a moment. Say whatever the hell you want to say. But it is going to be hard for anybody in this weight class to beat Justin Gaethje. Do I think Khabib beats him? I don't know. Does Khabib take him down? Yeah, absolutely Khabib takes him down. But if he can continue getting up and fight this 
well. Being able to cut the angles in the way that he did, he's cutting angles. The way that he was dipping under shots, landing late kicks, coming back over the top and landing huge left hooks. People, that, that, that's high level shit. That's not just, I'm a guy who balls up and just throws big punches over the top. That's not what it was. That was a well-schooled masterpiece of a performance. Go back and watch that fight. He did everything and more than we thought he was gonna do. That was beautiful. That's exactly what I want to see when I'm actually watching one of the greatest do it, man. Salute to Justin Gaethje, man. Um, I'm going to be honest with you guys. Don't nobody want smoke. Like Connor, does Connor want that smoke? I, I know he doesn't. Does anybody want that smoke? And let's not forget. I mean, I've been seeing you motherfuckers on social media talking shit. Connor McGregor had an opportunity to have that fight. And he turned it down to take the easier opponent in Cowboy, Cowboy Cerrone. I'm, I'm not being a hater. I'm just saying facts are fact, call a spade a spade. He knew the danger. Everybody knows the danger of it, man. Dangerous dude, man. Dangerous dude. Justin Gaethje, absolute beast. Um, uh, and also, salute to Trevor Whitman. I've said this time and time again. Also, Trevor Whitman is one of the best coaches that we have in all of MMA, man. Um, beautiful, 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 beautiful thing. If you guys didn't have an opportunity to, man, there's a great clip. I actually have it up on the Fight Podcast uh, Twitter page, The Real Fight Pod. Uh, check us out today on Twitter. But if you go on our Twitter page, you can check us out. And I actually put the, I reposted it. Um, if you look at that, there's Trevor Whitman in the corner in the fifth round. Justin Gaethje felt it. He knew he was about to shock the world to win the belt. And, um, and what he ended up doing was he pretty much ended up saying, hey man, chill the fuck out. Reset yourself. The last time you got excited like this is the time you got your ass stopped. And then Justin was like, yeah, I got stopped twice doing this shit. He said, and get your shit together, finish the fight. And he went out there and absolutely did that. And honestly, give another shout out to Justin Gaethje. They put the belt on him after. He got the interim belt afterwards. He gets up there. He They have it on him. Joe Rogan walks up. He takes the belt off, throws that shit to the side. Joe's like, yo, why, why, why you throw it off to the side? He said, it's not the real one. I'll put it on when it's the real one. Goosebumps. Goosebumps. I'm telling you, that shit doesn't happen. That does not happen, man. Guys are usually just happy to have that strap of gold. That means he's still focused. That means he's still here. I'm telling you guys, keep your eyes out for that dude, man. All right, so check it out. This is what we're going to do. I'm um, going to take a quick break. When we come back, we're going to go ahead and give you guys a little bit of fight news. Fight news! We are back give you guys a little bit of fight news. We're going to talk about Conor McGregor, what he's been doing on Twitter, and then we're going to go ahead and break down all the fight action of UFC Fight Night that is happening not this weekend. That shit is happening Wednesday. So I'll be right back. We'll talk about that today.
All right, we're back, we're back. So, um, let's, let's go ahead and talk about a little fight news, man. We're going to break it down. And, uh, dog, old, old Twitter finger McGregor is back at it. And just like he has consistently after every one of the big matchups, especially if anybody who's around his weight class, he gets a chirping off at the mouth again. So, he jumps on Twitter and he went on a tirade. And he went out there and came at everybody in the weight class, everybody's close to him. So, this is exactly what he goes out there and says. He says, the fans make the sport. Watch, uh, watching the other night, I was um, I was against going out without them, but it will it will be my fucking pleasure to display the power I possess with zero background noise for them. It's me and Justin next, as Khabib is the biggest bottle ne- the bottle fighter in the game. I guarantee it. Goes on to say, I love Tony. We represented them amazingly at Paradigm Sports, and we were bet- we were betrayed for a promise of a baseball contract. But fa- but frame the preparation here was just embarrassing. His methods and conversations are humorous, enjoyable, but he was never at the level perceived, although thought. That can be arguable, I have to say. All right, he goes on to say, it's Dustin and Tony next when Tony heals, if he does. I I just said that. Uh, Dustin will beat him also if he changes, if not or made, uh, which they won't. Dustin, although game and in the mix, will be fed to the floor again. Couple wins here, there, then fold in half, rinse and repeat Dustin's career. Let's talk about Justin Gaethje now. Justin, there is no danger in the man that hugs your legs. We all know. Try and dance around with the real threat is here all you want. Sounds like Stephen A. Smith. Um, I am also going to fucking butcher you. Your teeth, I'm going to put them on a necklace. Speak all my skills as a father. You're fucking dead. Whatever. He's still not done. This mug, Dude, he is on some Donald Trump level of tweeting right now. He says, don't ever say you represent the great nation of the United States of America ever again. Not true. Um, uh, no true American would speak so highly of or allow a convicted member of the jihad terror cell represent them. Never forget. You are a fucking blind fool and I'm going to finish the job. Whatever. He's being racist again. It's McGregor. What can you expect? All right. Khabib, you're an absolute embarrassment. Scurrying, hiding, rat as usual. As I've said many times, as we've seen many times, through the plane of glass, it's been confirmed what we've always known. No comment, LOL, an embarrassing fighter. After the division demolition job, it's at 170. Okay, he goes on to say all that shit, right? Funniest thing is a lot of people said a lot of the things. Everyone clapped back, um, including Khabib. Dustin Poirier made a good point. Dustin Poirier actually tweeted and said, you have one win at lightweight UFC pipe down. Big facts. I don't know why we don't think about that or no one talks about that. And I'm really tired of the media giving McGregor like he's a fucking world beater. Yo, he's one and one in the weight class. One and one in the weight class. He beat one guy who's no longer in the organization and he beat another guy who's the best in the world. Or he lost to another guy who's best in the world. We have to take this shit into account, people. Okay? Like, I'm here. Is he elite? Yes. Is he the best of the best? No. And I'm tired of this shit. And I'm so tired of it, all right? Um, and, and, I, and I'm adding this in with Stephen A. Smith's comments because that was going to be the other half of it. But I got to talk about this shit, man. Stephen A. goes on his show this morning and says, oh, I want to see Justin Gaethje against... Um, I want to see Justin Gaethje against... 
Conor McGregor because I don't, who wants to see uh, Khabib's grappling? I want to see two guys to, to, to put your hands up and fight. Stephen A. Smith, shut the fuck up. Okay, like, why does ESPN continue allowing this dude to talk about combat sports? He obviously doesn't know. So what you're saying is it's more entertaining to watch one guy who's one of the best in the world fight somebody who's not even in the top five. That's more entertaining than watching the number one and two guy go at it. Really? Really? That's what we think. That's what Stephen A. Smith thinks? Dog, like, Conor McGregor had a choice. He had an option to fight against Justin Gaethje, who was calling him out, calling him by, his, by every, out of all of his names, or Cowboy Cerrone, who wasn't even in the top five. And he chose Cowboy Cerrone because it was a more easy fight and a, style, a better stylistic matchup for him. And the UFC gave it to him. If he did what he was supposed to, would we even be talking, especially after seeing what Justin did, would we be talking about kind of like this right now? No, we wouldn't. And here's another thing. When you go back out there, Stephen A. Smith, my God, even Max had to school him on it a little bit. It did. You want to, Khabib Nurmagomedov, do we forget he dropped Connor with a right hand? Does everybody forget that? With that being said, let me go ahead and read Khabib's comments because Khabib made a good, good point. Because Connor says all he does is hug legs. Hug legs? Have you forgot how I knocked you down? Or are you typing treats drunk? Probably on that uh, proper 12. Beat you into striking, passed you up in the wrestling, absolutely demolished you in the grappling, made you grab air with your hands, and at the end you gave up. Last one, don't forget your words. It's only business. Fam, that's exactly the case. And that's just true. It is true. How are we gonna continue giving this dude credence? And at the end of the day, I told you guys, I'm so tired of even make, talking about Connor this much on this show. Because first, I, I, I don't care. It just bothers me that you have all these casuals going out there like talking about him like he's the greatest thing since sliced bread. It's the same way you got all these casuals going out there talking about like, oh man, Mike Tyson, you see Mike, Mike Tyson on the pads? Oh my God. Mike on the pads, he beat Deontay Wilder next. No. He's 53 years old. And the last time we saw him out there, he got beat by some white dude. I don't even know. Does he look good for a 53-year-old dude on the patch? Fuck yeah. Hell yeah. Do I want the smoke? No. But at the end of the day, can he beat one of the top five guys in the world? <laughs> he couldn't beat top five guys in the world back then. What makes you think he could beat the guys now? Guys, open your eyes. Come on, we got to be smarter than this shit. Seriously. We have to be smarter, man. And to sit there and actually have somebody who is supposed to be the expert in the game, we got to do better. And yo, not to talk about that, Ariel Hawani, bruh. And I know it sounds like we're going all off on everybody, man, but it is what it is. Ariel Hawani, he's another one. I love Ariel Hawani. I quote him all the time on this show. He is one of the best in the game. Ariel Hawani is a company man now. The fact that he put, he's on ESPN, we cannot listen to anything that he says. We have to take what he says with a grain of salt. 
especially when it comes to anything that has to deal with the UFC. He's not objective anymore. He's not. The fact that he can go out there and continue defending Stephen A. Smith blows my fucking mind. If I could put the meme here now, I would. I absolutely would, yo. Because at the end of the day, when you really look at this, what he is doing, he's not benefiting the sport and he's making himself look like a fool. You do the sport justice when you call a spade a spade. Now, let's go ahead and rewind a little bit and talk about Conor McGregor. Conor McGregor is the heavyweight champion of Twitter fighting. He goes out there and this is just, this is, this is the definition of cloud chasing. He does it after every fight, guys. Don't be fooled. After every fight, he goes out there and starts cloud chasing. This is cloud chasing one-on-one. Let me go out here and let me try to get my name in the mix. I'm not even gonna give the guys that are here, I'm not gonna give them their due. I'm not gonna give them their moment. What I'm going to do is I'm going to try to jump on their moment and get my name in the mix again. Because I'm, I'm, I'm striving for attention that fucking much. You, is that not what he's doing? Is that, is that not what's happening? If you ask me, that's exactly what's happening. It is what it is, guys. It really is. So, so when you see this... We can be Conor McGregor fans. And in terms of what he does in the octagon, fan, I'm a huge fan. I love his style. I wish I could fight like him. To have that same type of bounce as he does, as smooth as he is, oh, I love that shit. But I love when guys go out there and handle their business inside of the octagon. I love that shit. I'm a fan of the sport. I'm a savant of the sport. Connoisseur of the sport. That's why I love it. I love that shit. I love shit talk too. Don't get it twisted. The way Jorge talks. Even Connor when he first started. When he was going at Jose Aldo. I loved it. But this. Dude you're a Twitter troll. Grow the fuck up man. Alright man. Um, let, let's go ahead and move on, on a little bit man. We have moving on. Moving right along. That was our fight news portion of the show. Um, now we're going to go ahead and rock, rotate over. And we have UFC Fight Night Smith versus Teixeira. This is going to be a good one. We're going to go ahead and rifle through these. And, um, and I'm going to give you guys my fight picks. Another really, really fun card, man. And uh, let's see. We'll talk about the most of the main event. We'll talk about some of the prelims. So, so the last uh, couple of prelims, you have, um, man, Thiago Moises versus Michael Johnson. That should be a really fun fight. I'm going with Michael Johnson. You have the legend, Andre Arlovsky, uh, going against Lenz, man. Another fun fight. Who knows how much Arlovsky has left. But since he refs Chicago, we're going to go with him. Um, all right. This is where it gets fun. Main card. Carl Robinson versus Martin Vittori. Carl Robinson has looked amazing as of late. I am rocking with Carl Robinson over Martin Vittori, who was Italy's number one prospect, by the way, last year. He's actually a really good dude. Um, we have if uh, at 135, we had Ricky Simon versus Ray Borg. I'm sorry, this is at uh, 125, flyweight. Amazing fight, great matchup. Oof. I'm going to rock with Ray Borg on this one. I think his grappling is a little bit better, and I think he's really, really close in the stand-up. We're rocking with Ray Borg. All right, um, Drew, uh, Drew Dober over... Um 
over Hernandez. Ooh, this is a close fight, man. That's pretty much even money. Uh, we have Hernandez is a minus 110 uh, over Dober in minus 120. I'm going with um, Hernandez, Alex Hernandez. This is a great lightweight fight. I'm going with him in that matchup. All right, Coleman event. Ben Rothwell is a heavyweight facing against Open St. Pru. This is Open St. Pru's uh, heavyweight debut. I'm looking forward to this one. Ben Rothwell uh, didn't look great his last time out, but I'm looking forward to this one as well. Mm. I'm going to go ahead and go Big Big Ben on this one. Um, I, it can go either way, but go with Big Ben Rothwell on this one. All right. Uh, let's us talk about the main event. It is Glover Teixeira, the grizzled veteran, um, going against Anthony Lionheart Smith. I have to go with Lionheart, man. I think this dude is going to be in the game for a very long time. He's talked uh, shit to John Jones. He's been in there five rounds with John Jones. I think he's going to end up getting a stoppage win against Glover Teixeira, who is always tough. I love this matchup, though. Great win though and I think we're going to go ahead and rock with Anthony Smith via second or third round stoppage um, but another great fight card and then um, we have another fight card on Saturday so I will break that one down as well um, but without further ado with that being said man this has been episode 215 of the, or 212 of the fight podcast Ugh. 212 of the fight podcast episode 15 live um, so uh, check this out if you guys have not already go ahead and subscribe and download to our YouTube page we have the fight podcast YouTube is up uh, check us out today we have so many of all of our interviews and our lives are there now so go ahead and check those out um subscribe like and uh share with people please there also we're on all podcasting platforms uh check us out the fight podcast check out the fightpodcasts.com also go ahead and check us out everywhere podcasting is available uh we're bringing dope content to you guys we already started a little bit with the scrappy hour we're going to bring more of those type of things to you guys as well um so that's going to be really really fun and so we'll do a lot more on you know on uh, ig live and uh more like that man so we have some great interviews coming up as well this week keep your eyes open for that we have lando Vanada uh, coming on this week. So uh, Lando's coming on. I have some also some great weekly combos as well coming on. Uh, so keep your eyes and ears open for that. We will be back right here on Hot Mike. Thank everybody at Hot Mike for what they do, man. Uh, promo code Sergio. It's totally free. Check us out, man. Hot Mike app. It's like Hot Mike Inc. or something like that. So check out, check us out right there on Hot Mike. You can see us live. Uh, but if you don't catch us live, you can still see the replay on the Hot Mike app. Um, if not, you can definitely like I said, check us out on the YouTube page. You can see us all, um, and we doctored up, played with the video after that, man. Uh, so we have a dope video there. Um, great fights, man. It is so good to talk fights again. It is so good to bring all these back. Um, like I said, great weekly, weekly combos coming up. Uh, fight breakdowns, pre and post fight show as always. Um, but with that further ado, this has been the greatest combat sports and culture show in the entire universe, the Fight Podcast. I am your host, the Underground King, Serge Vicente. Deuces!